Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. Zwift have got pro training camps on at the moment. If you want to check them out, they're with Ineos, Movistar, Bike Exchange and Team Yumbo Visma. But this is the Quick Step Sudal, the Koenig Quick Step, Omega Pharma Quick Step, Quick Step Alpha Vinyl, Quick Step of the One Constant. Um, but the name keeps changing. This is their preview. But you want to check out those workouts winter is basically here there's snow outside my door you can go to zwift for example you can train like an ineos grenadier there's a workout a 60 minute one inspired by grant thomas it's called the gc rider workout there's also like an anaerobic style workout from tom pidcock where it's you know over 10 intervals of very, very short but intense duration. And, yeah, I'd encourage you to go check them out to mix it up as well as I think you can set PBs on segments doing those workouts. But if you want to check out Zwift, you can go to Zwift.com for a free seven-day or maybe a 14-day trial at the moment, I believe. Quick step, NG. Who are Who is this team? <laughs> it's changed a lot. A lot yeah. of changes. What is this team now? What is this team now? It's a very good question here yeah? because in the past we would have said this is the classic team, the generation that basically has team tactics to win classics races. That's how we saw it back in the day with the Volder, with Bornen, with Chavonel, with Lampard, with a lot of other people that were on Quickstep that I'm completely forgetting about. But they still had those couple riders last year, but they didn't necessarily perform. Slash were also injured and had illnesses and. That's why their classic season last year was, results-wise, a big disappointment, I dare to say. Let's let's go over it for a second. We've had Tim de Klerk with pericarditis. He was out until Duarsdor Vlaanderen. That was a heart issue, if I recall correctly. Then Ballerini and Osgrain COVID before Tour de la Provence, from which Osgrain gradually got better. I think he was decent already at Algarve, but not great. And then the next Cobble Classic, he wasn't really there when it comes to the final, but he gradually grew within... The races, I'd say, when it comes to Asgreen in 2022. Honore illness just before E3, couldn't get to ride those cobble races. Lampard, Sinusitis, didn't really step up by the time the cobble races were there. And when it comes to Alaphilippe, it's difficult, you know, because he DNF'd Strade, but was he actually going to ride the cobble races? I wouldn't necessarily say so based on the rumors of his schedule those days. But that's how the Classics team looked before those races even arrived, and... It shows in the results because I swear I checked the Omlop results of 2022 yesterday. Seneschal was ninth and the next rider was 62nd. That's horrible for Quick Step, right? Yeah, there was, I remember articles. And this is, remember, Classics is pre the Renko full breakout before Liège. So there was a lot of doom and gloom about articles being written about, you know, how can Quick Step save their classic season? And to illustrate how much. Everything's changed, and probably not for the worse for Quickstep. 
They <laughs> won 25 World Tour races last year, I think 16 this year. 65 wins overall last year with loads of sprint wins, classic wins, World Tour wins, like five TDF stages plus yellow, which they did again this year, the, the yellow at least. Um, and only 47 this year, Yumbo pipped them to the most wins in terms of UCI points. I think they scored like 30% less this year. And all that being said, if a cycling team, if success is defined by how, if, if a season success is defined by how much it influences future sponsorship revenue, 2022 was a great success because yep. they won the Vuelta. Remco won a monument plus Worlds. Like, that's, in my opinion, that's more important than Mikel Honore Jungle style winning E3 and a few other races like that. It's massively more important. I agree, but while those classics were ongoing, while they were not performing at the classics, it is essential for Quickstep, those classics. Some history on Quickstep. There were a bunch of like West Flemish farmers back in the day that formed a company called Unilain in the 1960s, and eventually, 20 years later, Quickstep arrived. So this is a, at its core, West Flemish team in the neighborhood of the Flemish, West Flemish Ardennes and so forth, the RVV climbs not that far from them. So they want to perform in these classics. And while Liège Bastogne Liège did offer some kind of consolation prize for not winning in the classics, it's I think if it had just if it had it's technically not in France, but <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how to respond to this. <laughs> anyway, outside of that, <laughs> there's an aspect to it where if it had just been LBL and the Welt and so forth did not arrive for Remco afterwards, this would have been a disappointment because LBL is not good enough to make up for losing the classics performances for a team like this. But I agree with you that the Remco future is just gigantic. And as a consequence, it's the loss of that classics is not on the same level as the, the gains they got from the races that came afterwards. Yeah, he's just a unique rider where he can single-handedly save your season. Like, even the Tour de France squad, it was definitely worse than last year, the Tour de France squad. I think they got, you know, the Lampard win, it was a bit fortunate with the way the weather played out, but hey, you still got to be good enough. And yeah. he was he's still a good TT rider. Jakobsen won a sprint stage, then really wasn't competitive for many other many others. And then... I don't really really remember Quickstep doing too much for the next 19 stages of the Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, and I think the elephant in the room for this uh, season review is Julien Alaphilippe, who's, uh, I think, what, three years in a row won a TDF stage with yellow, yeah. always won a one-day classic uh, of some description every year, was turning into their actual strike figurehead or at least – co-leader with Asgren in Ronde van Landren, he had a, a much, much worse season and it was one marred by crashes. What, Strade, Liège, Welter? Three. Three crashes. Four. Brabant's. Where was the other one? Did he crash in Brabant too? Because the, oh, the car, car hit off yeah, of his rider yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he fell on the other side of the road. <laughs> but like, Did I he decline? Or is it impossible to tell? I think it's impossible to tell, but it wouldn't shock me if he declined a tiny bit. Because Philippe Peak was just, he's arriving at the hill, he says goodbye, and the rest is waving him away. 
And that's not happening at the moment, but it also didn't really have a chance to happen with those crashes. So if you crash out at Strade, you're out for a bit, and then you come back by the time the Brabants and Liège arrive. At Brabants, you crash just before Liège, so it's already not ideal for, for Liège, but then you have that major crash at Liège, so you don't get to show it there. Did it... I don't know. Were we disappointed in his flesh knowing he had just crashed in Brabants, or were we like, okay, it's fine? Um... I don't know. I can't remember if they did. I'm not sure they did that good a time on the Murdoe this year either. So he maybe he was knocked about a bit because even when he's been sort of bad before, he can turn it on for flesh. It just suits him so much. Um, but yeah, it's they won stages in all three Grand Tours. They won a Grand Tour. I still think it's a it's a very 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 good season. It's a top three or four season by most probably estimations um and if Lefebvre says Remco is now worth 100 mil to the team well <laughs> like that must be based on future sponsor revenue and if he doesn't win worlds in the Vuelta and Liège and he doesn't realize the potential that he had then um he wouldn't be worth 100 million but I don't know where to just just rounding off the season review Benji what are the classics the obvious one but who are the riders who maybe didn't step up to really start winning consistently, not just winning but performing at world tour level? Is the young core not getting there? Like some are, but some aren't either. I agree. Like, for example, uh, Stan van Tricht, for example, that's a rider who hasn't really popped up at the top steps. He had his opportunities on smaller races like Duarzor at Hageland, which was his best race in 2022. I think he got four for something. But... In the rest of the races, he's not really stepping up that much. Bert van Lerbergen as lead-out didn't really make it until, like, towards that lead-out posture that they hoped he would get to, for example. And I think we spoke about Classic, we spoke about GC, but I think we need to talk about their sprinting squad for a second. They had Cavendish send him to the Giro, 1-1 stage. Jakobsen, you said it earlier, won to the Tour de France and he, he won one stage. I was expecting him to win more Tour de France stages. Merku wasn't in perfect form for that Tour de France, nor Giro. But I feel like the synergy between Jakobsen and Merku just wasn't there completely this year. The best leadouts for Jakobsen were the ones from Remco, Lampard, and whoever the other guy was in Algar, for example. And it was mainly Remco that was pulling it extremely on those stages. So was Remco a better leadout on Merku this year? Uh, I think Remco's not like <laughs> he provides no draft. I mean, he dropped he dropped Lampard in the run in into one of those. Yeah, um, uh, there's there's a lot of excuses. Like Asgren, you maybe got to draw a line through his season. He's still young. What is he? How old is he? Twenty seven. So like a classics rider, it's not normal for a classics rider who's just won RVV to regress at twenty six, turning twenty seven. That's yeah sprinters or whatever maybe but classics guy i don't i don't and think so he was great at strade to be honest yeah like, he was and like when it comes to rvv i think he was decent until to the point where he had his um i think he punctured straight on the top of the Copenhagen and was out of contention then so <laughs> worst moment of the race to probably have a puncture but there's like i don't think Osgrain we can write him off at all i think he's gonna come back i think he could unironically be a solid domestique for Remco because he can both do stuff on the flat, he's decent at hills, and he's a good engine for the 
first X kilometers of a climb, for example, or do you think that would be underrating him as a rider? Nah, if Wal can, if Wavanaar has to do it, then Casper Askren for damn sure has to do it. So yeah, he should be Wavanaar role, hundred percent. Like he can get into breaks easily. He can be a really good satellite rider. He gets over a seven kilometer six percent climb in a breakaway in good shape, no problem. Um, yeah, or even like to me, like twenty k five percent sort of climbs. Like Asgren, you know, in good shape. So he's really important. They get him back to in good condition. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's still overall a better season than they could have hoped for. I, I do not think they would trade what Remco achieved for uh, a bit more classic success. I think they want to have both, and they they should strive to have both, but they wouldn't trade it. And I guess world champs, Remco gets the credit, um, yep. but they get all the benefit too. Um, they've had the world champion for what? This is the third year in a row? Yep, exactly. And having that three years in a row in a team matters a lot, but I do feel like Lefebvre always says that it doesn't matter for him. One aspect that I do want to mention before we head over to transfers. That is a lie. He He says that because Alaphilippe would be a bit meh in some races for Quickstep, then turn up at Win Worlds. I think with (laughs) Remco in in Rainbow Bands, I think it matters. I think so as well. I think so as well. San Sebastian, we barely mentioned it, but also a nice victory. But Cavendish doing the Giro winning one stage. I feel like his season ended at the Giro. We haven't seen him since. Like I, I think he did okay. Yeah, in... but not the big races. Like <laughs> he didn't get sent to them. Exactly. Hey, what are you going to win with Bert as your lead out? What are you going to win? I don't know, but did they underuse Cavendish in your yeah, opinion? Yeah, because he should have gone to the Tour de France because <laughs> he would have been competitive once it entered France. Well, they do. You just swap them out on the on the transition, the transfer back from Denmark. Isn't Belgium on the way? Just drop Jakobsen. <laughs> just drop yes. Jakobsen back, yeah, and then pick up Cavendish. Um, like there's climbs coming. Sorry, Fabio. You know how it be. Um, yeah, that's the season. Uh, I think other things that were positives were Vivaka. Benji was high on him before the season. I was like, eh, shouldn't move the needle too much. He was good. And he's probably not on a million. He's definitely not on a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, Van Wilder was fine. It was actually sort of uh, my point on the earlier squad. Uh, Knox didn't get back to his previous level. Uh, Van Sevenon showed flashes, but he really doesn't get it yet. Bagioli won a Catalonia stage, but Davenants. Three Davenants. He's, he's old. He's like thirty nine, and yeah. he's a puncher. Um, Van Tricht was good. Schmidt was really, really good. So th- there are flashes. Um, and let's get into the signings, Benji, which I think are a little bit underwhelming, I must say. Um, no, I have no problem with Stiebar being let go. Like we've been saying, the classic squad has been aging. Uh, he hasn't been replaced by any classics rider. Maybe he gets replaced by non-sick Asgren and non-injured Alaphilippe. On a ray to EF... Do you have any intel on this? This has, It's not, not the biggest news, but what has gone on there? It's a bit odd, you know, because he had a contract until the end of 2023, if I recall correctly. And then suddenly there were some rumors, I think, from uh, from Brandt, a, a Danish, uh, Novak Brandt, Danish uh, journalist on Twitter that like premiered the news that he would be leaving. And then eventually it was known to be EF. And I'm like, EF had the issues with Mikkel Valgren. Valgren's health issues have brought him to the dev team. Uh, I think he has like, had like some major injury and is now coming back from that. 
Andre is the perfect replacement for a Valgren. So that transfer for Yev makes so much sense. Yeah. But for Quickstep to let him and go... And he can do Italian classics too. Exactly. For Quickstep to let him go right now, well, I don't know. He's not irreplaceable for the team, but I also feel like usually Quickstep riders stay that one year longer than what Andre did so they can win something and then get a solid contract. No? He seems like he's just about to break through when you look at his results. It's sort of third in San Sebastian, third in Britannia Classic last year. His 2021 was much better than this year, actually. Sixth in Quebec, 11th in Montreal. Those were serious races with proper start lists. Uh, he, I assume he's leaving because he wants to do wants to have Classics leadership. He did a lot of stage races this year, uh, but good ones. He did uh, Tirreno, Romandie, Dauphiné, Tour de France, like pretty good. He got, you know, as a Dane, he got sent to the Tour. He didn't do anything there. Uh, he only did E3 and Brugge de Pana, but he didn't start them. He was on the start list, I presume, did Stratus. So I don't really get it because Quickstep doesn't, Quickstep's not like Alperson where they're like, all right, Mati van der Poel, Tour of Flanders, <laughs> yep. we know what we're doing here. If you're good enough, if you if you perform an omelope, you'll get your chance at quick step. That's the especially, whole point. Especially now, when their team yeah. on the classics is reduced to the point where we'll go into in a in a bit, we'll like talk about what riders could go towards these races. But I genuinely had some questions of like, oh, who is this eight rider that we need to send to the cobbles uh, for quick step in 2023, for example? So there was. If Andre was a quick step next year, he 100% has a spot in that cobble team. I think so. If he really says, hey, I want to do it. Now, listen, maybe he said, I want to do those races. And they said, well, there's no guarantees. It's a meritocracy. And he said, can I leave? And they said, see you later. But he's 25. I think he's had some injury issues. Three-year deal at EF Education, easy post um, on paper. I always like the EF deals in isolation uh, than the actual squad how it all fits together sometimes doesn't work. But yeah, from his years 20, 26 to, to 29 for a classic style rider, probably his peak years. But yeah, that was a little bit, bit odd. Uh, Steve Arter, Bike Exchange, as we said, you know, unsurprising Cavendish. Um, we don't know when we're going to cover his transfer because he's unannounced. <laughs> he's supposed to go to BNB, but that project is looks like it's going nowhere. Ilya Kaiser retired. Uh, Stein Steele's crashed and is not sure if he's being extended. Uh, there's some big extensions before the incoming. Lampart, three years. I don't know what the money is. It could be, I don't know, I reckon I reckon they've overpaid Lampart. Uh, it's not a terrible deal. Three years is fine, but I reckon they've overpaid him based on a result that I don't think will be replicated. I agree that they probably paid him knowing that the Maillot was part of the the part that raised up his salary potentially towards next year. I do think that if we if we don't think about salary, which is like a big thing to not think about when it comes to contract extensions, but if we don't think about it, he's been consistent over the years. He's always been like a factor in the couple races, top fives at Roubaix and so forth. So he's there when it comes to the team when they need it, but he's not necessarily the winning rider. So he's kind of like the uh, the wingman in like team based tactics, and that works out pretty well for this team in previous years. Hasn't worked out severely in 2022, and he basically got 
shoved into the side of the road on that cobble section in Paris Bay as well, where he probably would have top fived. But regardless of that, I agree that he probably gets overpaid because of the Mayo Jean thing, because I don't think that he won that by being the best time trialist on the road that day. I think he won that mostly because of the weather, but he was still good enough to be competitive against the others on that spot. So I don't know. It's difficult, eh? I don't see it easily replicable on that level. Well, we saw this year with no Asgren and Alaphilippe. Did Lampard do... Did he do all the classics? I'll just make sure before I... He did... Gent Wevelgem Dwells do a Ronde van Vlaanderen and Kerner and Omloop. I think he showed that without a leader, a true leader, if he's put in that role, he can't do it. In those punchier classics, he can't make group one with... Alphilippe and Van der Poel or even Group 2 with Dylan Van Baal, Tratnik and yep. co. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not. And also, he can be a valuable Grand Tour domestique as well, which is really important. So, yep. and I think he's, you know, team chemistry, Belgian, been Belgian, national champ. So, listen, it's not it's not the worst signing ever. Um, the more curious one is Casper Pedersen. Uh, that seems to be a Danish replacement to be mentored by Merku this year. I probably expect Merku to maybe retire after next year. Um, he's been at DSM. Uh, it hasn't got great results recently, but, you know, maybe they've seen something uh, to be a last man. But, uh, yeah, I would have gone after Dan McClay, proven commodity, <laughs> personally. Uh, but they've had success. Is he a trap guy, Casper Pedersen? I think he is. Vaguely okay. remember something like that. And next to that, I also think that based on the amount of cobble riders they have left in their team, that he could actually be in the cobble races because I swear, didn't he win like Paris Tour three years ago or something? Yeah, three years yeah. Ago? So there's some talent there. There's on... a two-up sprint against someone. Cosnefoy? Am I stupid? I'm no, probably stupid. That was the race he won though. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, um, that's got that, nothing this, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, coming from DSM, maybe it'll improve, maybe it won't. Um, the big one, well, actually, there's two more. Remco got one domestique signing. Jan Hirsch. <laughs> no, I'm not sure about that. I think probably Remco's going to have to lead him out sometimes. Jan Hirsch from Intermarche, maybe career season, Giro, Tour of, uh, Giro stage, and I think top 10, uh, Tour of Oman GC plus Green Mountain stage, mythical performance. Um yeah, it's pretty obvious that he's been signed as a pure mountain because the Vuelta, Remco didn't really have, and I think still doesn't, doesn't have that guy like a Sepp Kuss, like a, a Raphael Maika role. He doesn't have yep. any rider. Van Vild is not that guy. And I think Jan Hirsch is supposed to be that guy. I think so as well. I will say that they solved that issue in the Vuelta by sending riders into the breakaway on satellite riders and then having... A rider play that role from the breakaway like Rivalco on Sierra Nevada, which is a solution, but you can't send satellite riders up the road and have it work every single time on these mountain stages, especially if you've got a stage that is completely flat and then one Unipuerto climb at the end. That's a situation where a rider like us is useful, is very useful, because he's going to be that guy that can do that from the GC group and not necessarily from the breakaway. So I think that's why they're they're going for Jan Hid. It's intriguing because he's also better on those longer climbs, which would fit the last week of the Giro, for example, but I feel like Jan Hirt's career hasn't been the most consistent either. So if he is on the level of last year, all good. 
if he's on the level of, I know, three years ago, can we even judge that? It's CCC. So the last year on CCC was just everybody was going for themselves. So I don't think we can judge this stuff. I think he's going to be decent. It's quick step. They'll make him do decent. Yeah, I mean, Injamarche got everyone performing pretty well, but Quickstep also get guys performing pretty well too. Um, you know, sometimes you, when you got the best climber, you just got to set a fucking hard pace and launch your boy. And that's why you need someone like Heard, Kuz, Micah, yada, yada, yada. And Heard is not those two. He's not those two guys. But in terms of like 7% climb, Long climb, yarn. We want you to do five minutes at six point six. Really, really hard for Emco. Um, with last minute at six point eight seven. I think that's the plan to launch Remco. I think so as well. I will ask you a question now. Jan Hirt won a Giro stage, if I recall correctly. Then we have Wild Pools. Who is more expensive right now? And Hirt. Who would you have chosen of the two? Pools. I no, no, no. That's I'm going to dodge the question. And say both. Yeah. Um. I'm pretty sure Pools was interested in returning as well. Yeah. And I don't think because if you're smart, you'd be like, all right, sign low base. But if I ride as Remco's domestique and this guy wins some races, I'm going to get some bonus money. <laughs> so you know, it it could even out in the end. I, I would have signed both. Um because maybe Van Wilder plays up. Maybe Van Wilder wants yeah. to not be a domestique. I'm not saying he is, but maybe, you know, young riders do that. Uh, and the Giro is very mountainous. And I think Pools is, yeah, Pools is not like, doesn't have the watts of hit at the moment, but he does have experience in how to win a Grand Tour, many, uh, which Jan Hirt doesn't have, which Remco now has. Um, but... Tour de France, Grand Tours, what polls as one as a domestique. So I would have gone for both and Merlier I never would have signed, which is, I guess, our next discussion. Yeah, and there's a reason I mentioned pools because if we talk about salaries, I'm I'm guessing, pure guess, that a Merlier is probably on a 750, 800K salary, roughly, Jeez. if not a tiny bit more. And then I look at, for example, about pools. These mountain domestiques are expensive. I'm guessing about pools would be between 500 to 750k based on his history. Nah. Not anymore. No, nah. I don't reckon. <sighs> I don't believe that. I reckon he would have taken a discount to go to Quick Step. Would he? I don't know. We'll never know. He wouldn't have cost. I would. He'd be half a million or less. I reckon. Okay. Um, he doesn't have the results recently. I, although he did win Andalusia, but the Merlier is the big one, Benji. And I've heard that this was. If I was Remco, I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed that they signed Tim Merlier uh, and he gets one climbing domestique because you'd be thinking, and okay, we've got Giro, two of Welter. I'm going to do one of them, send the other sprinter to the other one, and then I guess you can send Vernon to the Welter with some other whoever, cobble it together. Why... Why are they signing Tim Miller on big money? When Lefebvre does cry poor all the time and there's not huge money in the team yet, why are they signing Merlier when we know, as you just said, the premium mountain domestiques, they are exy. Like, you know, <laughs> they're a mil. Mil plus yep. for like the quality mountain domestiques. Um, and say what you want about a Marc Soler type rider, but in the Tour de France, he was pretty good. Like, 
they're not cheap. So do you think Remco, do you think there was any substance to the Remco not happy Ineos stuff? I don't know. There's probably some part of Remco that is thinking about that stuff, but nah. I think his manager, which is his dad, probably likes having options on the table so that he can use that in negotiation practice against everybody on the table. So I think that's logical. I think it's logical that you also hear what Ineos has to say then. And I think they also keep in mind that they need to be considered about Quick Steps investments in GC uh, helpers support for Remco. And if they don't do that, if Quick Step doesn't do that, then they'll draw their conclusions, I'm pretty sure. So I think there's some essence to it where they have their mind on that stuff, but not necessarily as in Remco wants to leave instantly. I don't see that as a as something that happened, for example. But when it comes to Marlier, let it be clear. Like, I think we both agree that Quickstep will get Marlier to win races. The issue is that, is it worth not being able to fight at the Tour de France by not having extra super domestique for, for Remco just to have a few victories left and right with Marlier? And that's the balance that is not worth it in our opinion right yeah and also i think i think riders like merlier you can recreate them 30 years old he had a better season in 2021 he cannot in grand tours he he, he seems to really struggle uh the welter was a really soft third week and on the madrid stage did he have a mechanical anyway he came 120th he must have had a mechanical um Fabio Jakobsen style. So he he got through his first Grand Tour, but he, he came third in two of the sprints, and that was not the best sprint field either. He did win a Torino sprint earlier in the year. Um, he seems to win in stage races. It has to be early in the stage race. And, of course, he did he did win Brugge de Pana, World Tour race, uh, and loads of other sort of Belgian but, semi-classics. But, like... If I, I much say, prefer a rider like Jasper Philipsen to Melier. Much, much prefer. More versatile. I would have liked him to sign Caden Groves, who was available, who went to Alpesen instead, because he's True. the more versatile option, while Merlier is like Jakobsen. But you mentioned, for example, you can recreate him. Do you mean like recreate him by having a youngster do his races and become the Merlier with a good lead out and so forth? Or do you mean like in the aggregate by having multiple riders get the victories that a Merlier would have got? I think in the aggregate, like if you get Ballerini and Co performing well, you can win these sort of Bredana Coxade or you can I don't know. Like I just I just wouldn't have wouldn't have gone for it. Because he he is so nah he in a straight line with a good lead out, he's fast. He is very, very fast. <laughs> Maybe the fastest. Um but not all sprints are straight line simple with no climbs before them. Uh, they're in stage races with built-up fatigue, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a curious signing. Uh, three-year deal as well from 30 to age 33. Um, does this mean Fabio Jakobsen's gone next year? That's difficult, eh? I think he might. I think he might actually like it's difficult to think about it because we're talking about a team that's going to have I think 20 riders out of contract at the end of 2023 so they're gonna have loads of riders to consider who needs to be resigned but the ones that are 
must resigns for me are the ones that are in support of Remco, like Van Welder, Averwak, even if he stays on similar salary. The Clark is a must because he's always going to domestique for everybody whenever he gets an opportunity for it. Peter Seri is the kind of rider where you don't think this team needs him until you look at their hill classics. When you see that you need him in the team, otherwise you can't even fill an eight-man team in those races. So I'd say a Seri is someone that would stay on low salary, like just as a, a domestique. A Cataneo is also an interesting one, I think, for Remco. I think he can do domestique work for Remco. Mauro Schmidt is probably going to step up, has stepped up a bit this year. That's oh, a resign for Schmidt. me. I got a race yeah. on Schmidt. Merku is difficult. A one-year contract, I'd say, if he's decent in 2023, yeah. just to get that mentorship going for a potential lead-out that comes on board. And after that, he could be a, a sprinting DS or like a sprinting trainer, whatever, because Merku will probably be a vital uh, sprinting coach in the future in cycling is what I would expect. But I agree with what you said earlier in the podcast. Who needs to step up? Van Trecht, Vernon, Steimle, Bajoli, Van Sevenant need that extra step before I can decide, oh, these are must-signs for 2023. But Jakobsen is the one where I'm like, I don't know. He could stay. He could leave. He's, He's probably going to be expensive. Why would you not have him go and then, if you even want to get another sprinter, well, of course, getting free. That's the rider I jump on, but you don't necessarily need him because you have Merlier then. So... I would there's, say there's yeah, no way they can pay Remco extension, yeah, Merlier, Jakobsen renewal on yeah. now Tour de France stage winner money, and get good climbing domestiques. Uh, yeah. It's just the numbers won't add up. Maybe they will. Maybe maybe the team gives them lots of cash. But to me, <laughs> the Merlier signing, yeah. And also, Remco is going to do two or 24. He might not do it next year, but 24. And then Jakobsen, I assume, will want to go to the Tour de France every year. I reckon he ends up on Intermarche uh, in 24 as their sprinter for the Tour. And nice. the year will do the Giro, Vuelta, or Giro sprints. Uh, I think that's the plan. Because, yeah, and would you sign? Coy doesn't have Tour de France stage win, and he won't because he won't be at Scent next year. Yes, I am. DSM should throw all their money at Koi. Everything they have. Yeah, true. Or Jakobsen. But, but that's the thing. Koi's going to get his market value is going to get suppressed by Jakobsen. Another Dutch rider with better Palmares on the market. Um, but yep. yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I, I wonder if there's be any grumbles this year. Um, he might. I mean, he's going to get another Tour de France shot from what I can see. I think that's how it plays out. Yeah, I think so as well. And... When it comes to riders that need to leave quick step at the end of 2023, the riders that come to mind on the list for me are Dave and Ains, Ballerini, Czerny, Knox, Cavagna, and Van Lerberg. Am I too harsh on Cavagna? Uh, no, Cavagna and Czerny, I think, should be renewed, actually. I think oh. Cavagna was really good in the Vuelta mm-hmm. um, in break management. Now, maybe in the future in the Tour, that'll be a Lampart role, but I thought Cavagna was really good. Czerny, I think, for 80 grand or 120 grand, I would re-sign. I think he's a perfectly good ruler. I think uh, he's more expensive. Czerny? Oh, uh, sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about Cavagna for a second. No, Cavagna, yeah, yeah. Cavagna's not cheap um, <laughs> for bad. what he does. Like he, he ultimately doesn't really win races. He, he's yeah. a ruler, domestique. And, you know, would you rather pay... You know, would you back yourself to find the next Nathan Van Hoydonk, who's, you know, but yeah, Cherney, I would resign because he's, I think he exceeds, he's probably very close to minimum value. And 
I Catania is the one, Benji. They're the sort of riders where because they flirt with top ten GC in these World Tour stage races, they they get paid a lot more than a Cherny type. But I'm not yeah. sure how much additional value. I know he's fine, but like, can Catania set a hard enough pace to launch Remco? No. Like, what's his exact role? In, in if you're trying to build a Tour de France squad to compete yeah. with Ineos, Jumbo Visma, UAE. Where does Catania fit in? Is he because he's not better than Kreisvike? He's not better than uh, who Brandon McNulty or even Mark Soler, maybe. So he and he's not cheap. So he's the sort of rider I'd be like, nah, yeah. you're out. I get that, but like, who are we replacing them with? Like the only name when I look at like who is out of contract after 2023, there's actually not that crazy amount of mountain domestiques available and the, the only name that pops up was a rider that i thought was also out of contract this year which was polans who is not super old and could still be a very strong domestique and would actually probably fit a bit at quick step or do you not see that uh miguel angel lopez or nah that's unrealistic but santiago <laughs> butrago i'd go for butrago um how mm-hmm. old is he not old it feels like, so unquickstep like for some reason. I don't of know. Of course, why. of course. But like if you sign the if you have a limited budget and you want to sign the obvious mountain domestique who also speaks Dutch or English, well, they're gonna cost a shitload. So you like or you then have to get guys who do speak Dutch or English who are well known, but they're not as good um if they're a bit cheaper. Whereas Butrago, I don't think he'll be that cheap. Maybe Astana come in for a big, big offer, but he speak English. He on on Bahrain. I think he was outstanding in the Giro. Really, really good. And he's young. Yep. And yeah, that's what a rider I'd go for. When uh, when we see Foss, for example, I think he's out of contract after twenty twenty three at Yumbo. Do you think Yumbo will resign him, or do you think that he could get into a, a Mount Domestique role in the future if he gets that longer climbing ride? I don't reckon he, go for a quick step. I don't reckon he leaves Yumbo to be a Domestique somewhere else. Yeah, I think he would leave Yumbo to try his hand at leadership at a UNOX, at a DSM, yeah. at a board. No, not a board, at a um, Intermarche if, if for him. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to build a team like that. Um, but what is the basis of the team in the Cobble Classics, Benji? Um, is do the thing about that Cobble Classics team? Alphilippe's back. Asgren's back. They're the two. F- the two figureheads, Lampard in in sort of a support role, Seneschal there um, as well, Schmidt, De Klerk back from injury. And this was one of my arguments for Remco to do, to do the tour. It would allow him to do the classics as well. You won there. <laughs> well, if they had Remco, Alaphilippe, Asgren all in good shape, that's... I would. That's what equal with Yumbo or just behind? Don't you think that Remco still has that serious deficit compared to others on Cobble races? Because if we look at, was it Brabant in twenty twenty two where Turner was also there and so forth, and Remco uh, launched and so forth, but on the climbs itself, he was riding in the middle of the Cobble section because he didn't dare to ride on the side or something. Oh yeah, Nagato behind. Yeah, but that was like behind Peacock, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I, I don't think 
Yeah, and then he, he like the next week he went back and did it twenty times to teach himself how to do it on Strava. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would have him do RVV E three, and okay. maybe do Azdor, and then do the tour. That's what I think his season should be. Uh, LBL. But yeah, yeah, sure, you can do LBL with Al Philippe and Schmidt and Co. Um, but that won't be the team. I'm pretty sure. Is that team enough, Benji? What do you expect out of that cobble squad next year? Like they'll be going for Kerner, Omlope, Brugger de Panna, Price with Jakobsen or Merlier, slash Ballerini maybe, and then Asgren and Alaphilippe for the punchier ones later. How many like do you expect it to be successful or kind of repeated this year? I think the danger is the following. In the past, we always saw that Quickstep won their classics by having tactics that made them roll attacks on others with multiple riders, have multiple riders in a group and benefit from that aspect and do all that type of stuff. But we are seeing a trend at Alpecin and Jumbo where their team is getting stronger. At Alpecin, we get Sudenkraut Andersen and Quinton Hermans by the side of Mathieu van der Poel now, which is going to strengthen their couple team. If we take a look at Jumbo, Van Barle is joining that team, so stepping that up from a team that was already dominant in the first two classics in 2022. So if those two teams step up, it's going to be very difficult for Quickstep to move against those two teams as a block, as a team formation, and benefit from that multiple riders in a group strategy because the other teams will have that as well. Ineos, also a team that has moved that forward in 2022. Whether they can do that in 2023 with their youngsters is still to be seen. But I think the addition to the couple team from Alaphilippe is partially because they need a peak Alaphilippe and a peak Asgren to hope that one of them can stick with a Vanderpool and a Van Aard when they go. Because if you only have one, he has to respond to so much more. And I think it's a good idea to have multiple leaders in those races. And I think that's part of the reason that you went for, oh, they should also either MQ Evenepoel do this, for example. But I think it's already a good thing that Alaphilippe is here. So I think they will be competitive but they won't be dominant as a team against the others anymore because the others are also strong teams now. What's your take on that? Yeah, like they can't just in- initiate and dominate and overload groups with numbers. Like, because when group one goes, Seneschal doesn't make it anymore. Um, yeah. De Klerk's a big one coming back though because De Klerk's the man who sets it up, who gets the riders in position before those punchy climbs uh, and without him doing that, it's, it was really, really tough. But yeah, I think they'll be fine. They'll win one or two. Um, whether they win RVV will depend on uh, the condition of Alaphilippe and Asgren and Roubaix yep. is a bit of a lottery, but Lampard comes into his own there. Uh can Remco do the Ardennes before the Giro? Do they fit? I think he can do LBL or something, but I don't think in Amstel a, a flesh and an LBL at full force will be clever if you're working towards the Giro, for example. So I don't think he'll be on the level that he might have been at LBL last year, for example, but it's Remco, so at this point he can do everything. <laughs> I... um. I think it's not the end of the world doing LBL before the Giro. I think Nibali's done it quite a few times, but then again, Nibali's never won LBL, so maybe that's the reason. <laughs> it interrupts the second altitude camp if it's the same spacing as this year. Uh, yep. If you do LBL, it's how long? About just under two weeks before the Giro. By the time you get back to altitude, I'm not sure you and then come back down, and you've got to be there 
for the, you know, everything on the Wednesday before the race kicks off, I don't think that allows a second altitude camp. So I don't know if he will do Liège. And if he does, I think it will have an impact on his Giro a little bit. Remember, his okay. welter had absolutely perfect preparation. I think he did altitude, San Sebastian altitude, um, which is the typical combo of you do double altitude either side of a prep race. But yeah, so if, it might just be it might just be uh, Alaphilippe Benji with a a Schmidt really having to step up. I, I think Schmidt was good in in the Montreal Canadian Classics, wasn't he? Uh, yes, he was good in Montreal top ten. If okay, I if you can come remember. six in Montreal, you can do stuff in the Ardennes. That's that had like four thousand three hundred meters elevation. Yeah. So Majoli, he's interesting. He's really riding for a contract, isn't he? Yeah, like, he's interesting. I'm not saying he, he won't get one. Someone will give him a contract, but like <laughs> his contract size Bargani. can vary very much depending on if he achieves his potential of, you know, a Roglic light style rider. I think I think it's going to be those guys plus Alaphilippe at Liège and Flesh. Very possible. I think it's definitely still a competitive team for those races. I think Alaphilippe is he, if he's at peak, he's competing for the win at LVL. He's never won it though. Um, got DQ'd once or relegated, not DQ'd. Um, I agree, but it's also the aspect of like, if Remco's not there, his entire train isn't there either. So you lose a Van Welder, a Vervake, uh, a Heert, for example. So who the hell is going to ride these races? A Van Sevenant, unless he's also going to the Giro S support. So you're going to have send, a very limited yeah. team. I would send Van Sevenant, yeah, to LBO. Yep. Oh, but yeah, it's tough. Like, you'd have to have Schmid, Baggio, Van Trich, can he climb or not really? Yeah, it's it's difficult, the scheduling for this team with Evanapol doing the Giro. That's why I say the Tour makes a lot more sense. Uh, <laughs> Tour de France, uh, we think, will just be the rinse and repeat what they've done or tried to do every year, which is Alaphilippe plus Sprinter, and that will be Jakobsen unless he crashes and it's Merlier. Um Where's Merlier fitting in all this, Benji? Is he just doing Tour the Vuelta? <laughs> nah, Remco should do Giro Vuelta, so. Okay, so there's Worlds after. So how would his season go? He'd do Giro, finish, rest, prep for World Champs Vuelta block. With yeah. that, that's what he do. Because World Champs is before the Vuelta. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Pro- probably should. Yeah. So... Merlis is going to do like Tour de Hungary, Sibiu Tour, <laughs> Tour of Croatia. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, Kent Wevelgem? Do you dare to send him to Kent Wevelgem? He was there in the in the Peloton group and then yeah. they both ruined their chances, Phillips and them earlier. But I think those races together with a Kurne and a, and a Brugge de Pana, but then again, Jakobsen won Kurne. So Jakobsen yeah, can exactly. do that shit. <laughs> it's really like... It's really complicated because, yeah, there's only so many, like, really sprint, pure sprinter classics, and Jakobsen is pretty good at them. So, Malia may be a bit better, actually, in my opinion. Um, he's just won so many semi pro, uh, semi classics, not pro ones. But, yeah, it, I think you're probably right, Benji. Remco will do Giro, World's Vuelta, um, and uh, no Tour de France. But, yeah, it's, it's set up okay. I think it's. So much hinges on on Evenepoel again because I think if he doesn't perform at that ridiculous level once again, I don't 
I don't see the aggregate wins like in 2021 coming again. Their classics might be a little bit better, but I don't see uh, Ballerini's winning five races yeah. and things like that. So a lot hinges on Avon of Hole. What, how do you think? Do you think he wins the Giro? Do you think it's a good idea? You do. You're, you're getting into my hot takes already, mate. Okay. I think he's going to win the Giro. Um, yeah. I think he should do the Giro. I think I mentioned that so much that he should do the Giro, in my opinion. And it's also because, I don't know, maybe just a traditionalist in me that wants to see him do Vuelta, Giro, Tour. But I find the Giro valuable. A lot of people are like, oh, the Giro's worth nothing in this board. Pointing at Patrick. But <laughs> well, if, that, if no one watches it, then it's pretty it's pretty solid in belgium the viewership of the giro yeah i'm sure it's going to be solid next year <laughs> Remco goes, but yeah like Hiro di Remco was huge man back in the day <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's also the aspect of like the parkour i want to see him do that third week in the giro the rest of the parkour fits him that third week is dangerous like uh, Crans Montana second week and then the last week we've got, got, got three Chima de Levaredo those two stages I want to see Remco do that to know if he can achieve that and that's why I also want to see him go to the Giro to have that extra challenge there again not necessarily against the biggest competition there Thomas is not Pogacar and Avingaga and I think he can win the Giro while I don't think he can win the Tour de France yeah um I would send him to the tour. I think everyone has a short, <laughs> guys have a short window of peak. Um, guys can maybe be really, really good for 10, 12 years, but the peak generally in all sports is five to six years. And every year you're at your peak, I would say Remco. I mean, if he improves from this <laughs> this level, then watch out. Um, he can go whatever race he wants and win, but um, he's probably at his peak now. And if he holds that, he's still best rider in the world, probably. So I would send him to the tour. Uh, I wouldn't wait for the team. It wouldn't it be good to go to the tour, get all the get all the mistakes out of the way. Uh, we heat management, we need to improve that. Domestiques, we're lacking in this area. In fact, Lampart can't do those. He can't do what Laporte and Van Hoydonk do: pacing, base of telegraph, getting over one of them. Or, yeah, yeah, but like Asgren can, but these yeah. riders can't do this role and yeah. figuring that out. And I don't think the Giro will let you figure that out. Um, it'll be like, yeah, because it's just a different race. You take different domestiques. So in that sense, uh, I also think it's missing a learning opportunity. I think the major argument in my eyes when it comes to the potential of Remco to the Giro is that you also need to think about people management in the team. And if we see that they have Merlier, is not really on our list, even for the Giro and the Vuelta, uh, Giro and the Tour for me personally, and not even the Vuelta on paper. So we're looking at Jakobsen. He's going to be a rider that has one more year on his contract. Alaphilippe has two more years on his contract. Alaphilippe's probably in his last year that he could have that Tour de France spot, knowing that he had the yellow jersey opportunities on the first two days. Those two riders for me need to go to the tour because sending them to the Giro doesn't really fit in. Alaphilippe isn't going to be willing to ride for Remco every day of his life. Like, this is also a, a top tier rider. And I understand that an Alaphilippe will want to have his own goals in a team. And well, he I can go for this... yellow. He can go for yellow in Basque Country. He's got to take the bonus seconds away from Pagacha in the first three stages. Yeah. 
You can, you can do that. That's fine. Jakobsen, he's leaving. Don't care. Giro. <laughs> but can, is Jakobsen climbing enough for the Giro? Don't. I mean, it, just whatever they can do. I don't really. He's leaving. Melody, you can do the Giro. Jakobsen can do the Vuelta. <laughs> Um, is Marlier's climbing good enough for the Giro? <laughs> I haven't checked. There's not many sprint stages, are there? The problem is the Tour has so many sprint stages. Why don't you just take take one of them to the Tour de France then? With like, do you really need six a six man train? Like, I you really don't. I don't know, but a Jakobsen and a Marlier, I do think it's going to be useful to have the a sprint train for them. Otherwise, you're like sending a rider to a, a sprinter to Grunter and be like. Figure it out yourself, mate. Just lay there and see if you can get something. I mean, I think that's... Uh, okay, Asgren, he goes anyway. Alaphilippe, he goes anyway. They're the setup men. Okay, you do need a, a pure lead-up. Merku, okay, Merku has to go. That's He has no relevance to GC. And then you need second last, Lampard or uh, Seneschal or Ballerini. You know, and then... Remco has Vivarka, Alaphilippe, Asgren, Jan Hirt. That's eight riders, isn't it? I don't know. Send a mixed team. And then that way, Remco comes fourth or fifth, but you've won a few sprint stages. Or say he f- completely fails out of GC, goes hunting yeah, stages, can do leadouts. It'd be fine. If he fails in GC and goes hunting stages and so forth, it's a disappointment there. Not really. If, I think it is. If Remco goes to the Tour de France, it needs to be to podium the Tour de France. Yeah. But and if he doesn't podium the Tour de France, it's going to be a disappointment. If you do the, if Giro, he goes to the Giro, you get zero Tour win. de France placement. If you don't do the Tour, you achieve zero. Yeah, but you, you can win a, a Grand Tour. The you Giro can. isn't worth nothing. It's not worth nothing, but I'm saying like, <laughs> you, I, I don't like the argument that, oh, he might fail the Tour. It's like, well... He might fail the Giro. If That's he doesn't true. fail the Tour, it's a lot higher. <laughs> it's a lot better. So um, anyway, it's up to them. I'm sure there's a lot of deliberation. I'm sure maybe RCS really want the world champion, <laughs> Remco Evenepoel, <laughs> to attend their race. Maybe that uh, influences things. I don't know. But what do you – do you expect this team to continue its transformation, Benji, or do you think this is actually what it is? They will continue in tw- when the signings after next year to – the Classics Foundation that we mentioned at the top of the show with the history, plus Avon Apoll as the exception doing GC and having his own program, and that balance will continue in the years ahead. I think I think we've already seen a switch of balance, as in I feel like in previous years would be like, oh, who of these riders fits in the cobble team? Now we're looking at who's the last rider in this cobble team, which is a big switch from Quickstep because it was a team where you had to fight for those seven eight riders in a in a cobble classic while now you don't have to fight for anymore if you're good at cobbles you're going to get into the team so i think that switch is already there in that aspect and we see more support when it comes to climbing already but is enough for a tour de france team around remco for me personally i don't think so if you want a solid bid to win the tour de france and therefore i do expect with the fact that there's 20 riders at a contract to have some of those riders that are the riders that we're saying, like, for example, a ballerini, a Dave and Ains, a von Lederberger, if those riders end up leaving, I expect them to take climbing domestiques instead, or at least try and hunt for a climbing domestique. While perhaps they perhaps they say, oh, let's try and get an Oliver Nassen to replace a Stibar in our cobble team. Jeez. It's possible. It won't be a, a huge salary, Great. for example. 
Greg, I wouldn't sign Greg. I love Greg. <laughs> I think Greg is so good, dude. He's good. He's a good Grand Tour domestique too. Okay. Greg can climb. He won Toronto GC, bro. <laughs> he won yes. Olympics in Rio. <laughs> that's, Greg that's actually true. Well, only because Nibali crashed. That's a vital, vital aspect of it. Dude, he's on age two R. He said the vaccine cooked him, and then he's not forty yet. Get him in. He's not 40 yet. Renowned team player. <laughs> <laughs> now no, we're going too high, mate. No, he walks up high. to Asgren's just won RVV Roubaix the year before. Uh, Trank out. Then I walks up to him. He's like, you know, you're going to leave me out of time, Berg, bro? <laughs> it's like, it's dude, you're a DS. True. It's not even DS. You're 42 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I really like it. I don't know, but I think you don't it'll sound cost like it. <laughs> no, no, I just think it'll cost too much. I actually think he's, I think the pendulum swung too far, and he he got he's now underrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> hot takes for 2020, 2023. I have one. Remco doesn't win the Giro. Oh, okay. He's going to do the tour or what? No, no, <laughs> he just doesn't win the Giro. Okay, and I think. A rift develops between Remco and Lefebvre. Oh, I felt like a, like a fantasy rift in the wall or something. I was like <laughs> thinking a bit too much there. And it could be a bit of a world champs curse. And I think frustration develops over the direction of the team, which I said there has there will still be a balance. Uh, I don't think that balance included spending a lot of money on sprinters. So... Yeah, the if if Lefebvre, if say the Giro he doesn't win, there were some domestic issues. They want to do the tour next year. You look at UAE Ineos, Yumbo Super Teams, and Lefebvre says we don't really have any cash to like Santiago Trio can't afford him because we got Melier on the books till twenty twenty five. That's that's gonna be a problem. So. I yeah. think I don't think it's going to be smooth. I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing the whole time next year. I think that's a very good option. I've got a, a not so hot take. I think Evenepoel will win the Giro, but my hot take is that this is the big one. Eh? Come on, let's get ready for it. Mauro Schmidt podiums a Cobble Classic. That's okay. He also wins stage twelve of the Tour de France specifically and becomes world champion. There it is. World champs. I kind of see actually Danish team Ha-ha. strong. No Swiss. Fuck. Uh, red and white flag. Um, <laughs> the Swiss team strong. <laughs> Stefan Kung. Yeah, so I see that. To be honest, have... Asgren will ride for him. <laughs> Asgren. What's stage 12? Um, I, I don't remember. I just looked at the parkour and it looked like something Schmidt could win. <laughs> I think it's like the one that looked like foie, but easier. Like six kilometers, 6% three times. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, Saint-Gaudin stage one by uh, Conrad. Yeah, against Colbert and Gadu in 2021. The yeah, Schmidt's really good. I think he'll keep progressing. He he's really talented. Van Tricht, I also want to see stepping up from like GP Wallonie level to World Tour Classics level <laughs> earlier in the season. I think he can. He's a young rider. He might even be. He's an interesting one because he he's done good leadouts, but he's very small for a leadout rider. And for your last man, you you want to draft Rickard, Merku, Van Poppel, huge guys. Uh, so maybe he is a second last man prospect. Uh, yeah, but 
why don't you just sign Van Poppel at the end of 2023? He's yeah, out of contract. contract. I wonder what it'll cost. I wonder whether he's increased his value. Like no, from a misc sprinter who can score a load of points in dot pro races and semi classics to the best lead out man in the world as he increased its value. I don't know. Replace Merkel with Van Bobble. Pretty good solid trade. Yeah. Yeah. That's if they can do that, if they can afford it. Um but that this all cements my belief that, you know <laughs> Santiago would try, we didn't sign him, but we got that even a popple. <laughs> <laughs> for Tim Mollier to help me in Bredana Coxade classic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all right, Remco? <laughs> and because Remco's going to be like, hey, Brelsford? There's legit a chance oh, this happens. not there anymore. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, that's a, I'm lucky. I'm glad I'm not in the... Um, yeah, I don't have to make those decisions. But I also think, I also think Alaphilippe has declined. Uh, not fallen off a cliff, like the results suggest. That's from the crashes. But I do think he's certainly not at his 2019 level in terms of pure climbing. Um, and I do think he's lost a percent or two uh, as well. I remember, like the Vuelta, he was he come in in bad shape, but there was a couple of stages where he wasn't competitive at all, right? On that the stage Roglic one, yeah. where they rode for him instead of Remco. Um so I think he's, he's lost a little bit. And I also think Asgren will, and those two fighting against the Yumbo Classics team and the Alperson team is going to be really tough. Really, yep. really tough. Um, so, yeah, it's Avon Apollon World Champs. You know, I'm a big fan, but I don't think it's going to be the easiest year next year. And, you know, that's that's cycling, I guess. Any last thoughts on on Quickstep? Sorry, Sudal Quickstep Benji. Um the, the Belgian sponsor circus, what to Koenig, Sudal, they all move around. Any last thoughts on the team? Um, do you reckon they'll make any big personnel moves too? Uh, have I have no clue. Uh, I think Bramati was rumored to leave, but then he said on Instagram yeah, that, that was, he wasn't that was leaving. Myth. So I think they're, didn't they have like a Swiss sports director or performance coach that went to Tudor Pro Cycling instead? I vaguely remember something like that. So Cancellara poached him. But I will say that I'm slightly disappointed in you. An entire podcast and not a single time you mentioned that they should sign Quintana. Well, I mean, of course, but there's no money. Like, (laughs) even though he is at a discount, you know. Imagine Quintana leading out Remco on those Giro (laughs) stages, dude. Imagine. And I'm when it doesn't you. happen, when it doesn't happen, they're going to do, do like a Movistar like picture in the buzz afterwards where Quintana's massaging the legs of Remco. Quintana's for a good picture. teammate, <laughs> I think. I don't Dude, believe that who, shit. Who would come out looking good sharing co-leadership with Valverde with Nzue in the car? <laughs> it doesn't work. We have a history of the South American rider sharing co-leadership with the Spanish guy. I mean, it hasn't worked out too well recently. Um, so <laughs> I reckon Quintana take a chance on him. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. That's a great that's a great pickup. In fact, he could be co-leader at the Giro. Send him up the road. Um, Remco can sit in. If they signed him, I think Remco wins the Giro by five minutes. Quintana should go to the door. Well, yeah, actually true. That I'm now changing my mind. You sign Quintana, you then send Molia and Jakobsen to the Jira, and then you send um, yeah, stack tool squad. But yeah, Sudar Quickstep, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether they make any changes um, in their transition to split GC focus. I think still a lot to be excited about. I think will they be the best team in the world next year? It'll be tough on an aggregate basis, uh, but I do think they will still have overall the best rider in the world next year. So that's a pretty damn good start. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening as always. One of the big ones, Sudar Quickstep, a lot of changes. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think down below. Thanks to Swift as always for supporting the pod, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 